The growing calls across the nation to defund the police. To end policing as we know it. Off the charts violence in New York City. 11 people shot in just eight hours on Sunday. This is Sunday. about the police officers, officers who every single day put on that uniform and they run towards danger when we run away from it. Guns up, giddy up, wolf pack. Welcome to another edition of Failure to Stop, your favorite podcast. Also the number one podcast for police, media, society, and culture. It's Thursday night, or it's Saturday morning, depending on how you listen. Either way, it's the comm center with Drew Breezy, or Andrew Baxter, as he's sometimes known. He's elevating his uh, all-star <laughs> status on Instagram to becoming a big deal. But Failure to Stop is a whole cluster of shows. Basically, at this point, we got something for everyone in your family, except for children and the very old uh, or anyone sensitive. On Monday night, we got uh, uncuffed with Jay Durrell White. On Tuesday night, it's Taco Tuesday, but it's also what is it? True Crime Tuesday? I was going to say yeah. terrorism Tuesday, but that doesn't sound right. <clears throat> Although 9/11 was on a Tuesday. Anyway, sorry to associate that with Andrea Uplate, who does a great show on Tuesday, which is actually my favorite. We were actually about to launch another episode of uh, Night Shift Overtime on the Patreon. Wednesday is Dead Leg, where he does all the news that keeps you from sounding like an asshole on the weekends with your other cop friends. And then Thursday is the best and biggest show of the entire platform, Com Center, Andrew Baxter. Friday night, we kind of round it out. Usually just kind of kick off our shoes and do whatever. Drew Breezy, or Andrew Baxter, uh, possibly another AKA going into your file soon. You look happy and well for a change, which is uh, quite disparaging to me. I like seeing you sick. How are you? Well, I apologize for that, first of all. But second of all, um, we all know that the flagship show is on Fridays. And uh, is that why you do not care about preparing for this show at all? That's exactly why. And tomorrow's show is uh, is a true um, grab bag. As uh, as you will see tomorrow, <clears throat> when we start talking about a topic tomorrow, you will be just as surprised as I am. Because it, it yeah, like like tonight, it hasn't it has only just been decided, probably, or you're working on it after this. Sometimes, I like that, though, because it adds immediacy and urgency to your show. You know that the countdown's going and you have no idea what the hell is going on. It makes you very excited. It makes it for an exciting show. I, I interviewed somebody earlier this week and um the discussion with him was I, I was like, you know, I had to do a couple takes of the intro and uh, which is not like me. Uh, you could have called me. I'd have done it for you. I'm a pro. I do a couple takes of the intro. So, uh, but um, you know, the point was, look, uh, I prefer to do this recorded kind of either live or recorded live. You know what I mean? I'd like to just mm -hmm. do it on the fly. That way it puts an immense an unnecessary amount of pressure on me on your strain on your heart. Yeah. Yeah. Which straight on my heart. It gives your circulation something to fight. It's the same thing as being a, having exercise doing this. Yes. Show. I know that because I am always feeling a lot of tachycardia and also like dread, which I has to, I have to imagine is like exercise for me psychologically to feel dread yeah. that I have to overcome. Uh, dread is a ham sandwich for the soul. That's the, I think that's what uh, we should all strive at the ham and cheese sandwich for the soul. Uh, you you know, you're very good at those one letters. Ham sandwiches or dread is a ham sandwich for the soul. Last week, you were like, <laughs> our tagline is to sadden the world, which is exactly what last show's was. It was a total party. We had a great time until someone like 
uh, overflowed the toilet with poop, and it was just a ruin the party for everyone. I guess I don't I don't want to trash your own show and say that it was a sad time. Is what it was. The party was over. I I did get a, a DM from somebody who showed me that. Uh, the account Graham Allen on uh, Instagram. He, he's a very popular fella. I'm, I'm not sure uh, what his background is, but uh, I've been following him for quite a while. He's pretty full of wisdom, but he also located that guy. Somebody helped him locate the 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 guy that was crying. The, the, the first the guy, yeah. yeah, okay, good. The, the one that initially brought us down, and um, <clears throat> so somebody uh, located him for Graham, and he's on the path to you know, wellness or whatever. I mean, obviously it's, 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 you know, as good news as it's going to be in in a situation like that, but it's, you know, it kind of doesn't, I I don't know how to say this. Like it's still a problem, you know, and maybe not necessarily a problem for that guy. Of course, it's still going to be a problem for that guy. And and it's still a problem for veterans. I'm glad that helps going to him though. I mean, it's, yeah. it's actually kind of sick if we all just spectate on it and throw up our hands and say like, ah, oh, man, things are really awful for this guy anyway. And you know, we go to the next thing. So I, I sure right. hope that, that guy's doing better. And for him to kind of bravely share a story like that, I hope some good comes out of it. Yeah. I, I mean, that's, uh, I, I took that as the, the last resort, like that, this is my desperation and I'm yeah. like, I don't want to do anything um, rash. So I would rather just bear my soul to, on social media and in hope that somebody picks it up, like really not, you know, for any other reason than he just doesn't want to have to go through the same, you know, it's like dental, dental extractions. Like he doesn't want to have to go through the same root canal every time he switches dentists. It's, it's kind of, that was his problem. Yeah. But it's kind of sad though. When you, when you have to, when our culture goes to social media to kind of air its grievances, it kind of shows you how disconnected we are that we're kind of just going to kind of put it out there rather than having a confidant or someone that you can kind of go to and talk about this stuff privately. I was on social media earlier today and someone was on there and they posted a picture of themselves crying because they were having relationship problems. And I'm like, uh, you know, am I a throwback to another age? All I know is if I had a personal problem, like this is the last place I would put it. Is this like an attention thing or what? Which I'm not saying about that veteran, you know, that was a totally different situation, but I just wonder how that works now. It seems like the world's kind of passed me by. I don't really understand that stuff. I just want to remind everybody to go to our Instagram page and check out John's reels where he bears his soul and gives foreshadows of his uh, self murder. Uh, uh, yes. So I'm this, still would, alive. <laughs> this, this would be the last place anybody would go. We just want to clarify that that was uh, a, uh, uh, and, and Davey in the Navy can, can verify this. That, that was a double hitch swordsman. not, and that and that was not a noose. He was not climbing on the chair for any other reason other than to uh, swipe some cobwebs. Off Is this the what we're saying for legal reasons? So that for legal reasons and okay. right. And it's like my version. You know, this is me for HR. Like Eric and I had this me- this meeting before the meeting. So. Uh, you know, just I'm kind of covering the HR base to say, look, we, we got the guy help. I mean, no thoughts, I mean? no plans. Good to go. No, 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 no. It's just it's all about as long as our asses are covered. We're good. Oh, right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. As long as failure stop is legally uh, bulletproof. That's yeah. We're off all the that really matters. The, the funniest comment on that or it was another one I posted recently was someone was someone commented on a post of you and me on Instagram because I cut these up and make them into little reels. But they just said, you guys don't look like what I thought you looked like. And I'm just like, well, what what did you think we looked like? Wouldn't it uh, be all right? Could, uh, wouldn't it, but wouldn't it be? Uh, first of all, you look like you're wearing a turtleneck tonight. I don't know why, but 
But wouldn't it be ironic if they thought my voice was you, was you and your voice was me, even though you hate my voice and it's documented? Uh, that'll be next week when I switch us. I don't know. Did you ever see the reel I did when uh, they were doing doppelgangers on Night Shift and I impersonated Eric? <laughs> And it was it was Eric talking, but it was like, oh, what's up? We're gonna have night shift tonight. It's me, the real Eric Tanzi. Like I, I no one else liked that one, but I really liked that one. I don't think that he ever saw it. He usually skips my stuff. We did um we, we did do uh Eric Tanzi impersonations before we went on the air. That's how I we think Abby is on to something. The the behind the scenes stuff is what we need to be selling people. If you want to get in on the behind the scenes, uh, I, I, that's where the magic happens. This is it's it's not where the, front of the scenes by any stretch of the imagination. No, and it's not. You know, we're we're not nearly as funny when we turn that camera on because that countdown uh, we got comes on and my asshole clenches and I freeze up like a car <laughs> without oil nervous. in it. He is picturing everybody in the chats naked. That's uh, that's an old Brady Bunch trick. Yeah, except it's going back to my years of trauma at the hands of a deviant sex cult. So it doesn't really work out as hilarious as you hoped. <laughs> the whole room. Uh, what was that movie with Nicole Kidman and Tom Cruise? Eyes uh, Wide Shut. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what movie. <laughs> right. Oh, great. So uh, what do we have in the news, John? We had, uh, do you want me to go with my news or did you want to talk about the two big things that you have going on? You kind of alluded to one earlier, which I felt was the bigger piece of news. I know, but you keep, you keep calling it two big things and we have three big things. Sorry. Sorry. With Josh here. Yes, that would be accurate. Go ahead. Uh, okay. Yeah, I guess I will then, uh, since you've put me on the spot, we are, uh, in the midst, as you all know, if you go to patreon.com slash failure to stop, you're probably sick of hearing it, but you know what? It really is how we are able to provide you with quality content because it is essentially a tip jar. We're passing the hat. We're not forcing you to throw anything in the hat. I, you know, it's like the collection plate at church. If you want to go to hell, then so be it. If not, just drop a dollar in there and, and call it a day. Uh, we don't, I don't necessarily need your money. I'm not sitting here eating cat food on my uh, on my pension. But at the same time, um, I am putting a little time in, and that brings me to my second announcement. So the first announcement is this. Look, we're offering a seven-day free trial for Patreon. That's what we're going to do. We're going to get you hooked. And uh, I, we're not going to do it just yet. It's going to be over the weekend probably. Uh, we'll do a little campaign blitz where we just uh, – kind of discuss uh you know on reels or on shorts uh we just hit seven thousand subscribers on nice. youtube another Great milestone job. um please tell your aunt sally to subscribe to our youtube channel and if she feels like becoming a member she can have pretty cool icons she can have uh access to content before everybody else which is the second announcement so this week uh, I sat down, I had a, a, a wonderful conversation with Sergeant John Mattingly. If you don't know who Sergeant John Mattingly is, he was involved in the Brianna Taylor raid. As a matter of fact, when I say involved, I'm, I'm actually doing him a disservice. He was shot and the bullet grazed his femoral artery and he was almost killed in the Brianna Taylor raid. And actually he got some shots off. Um, and we're, you know, just keeping in Drew Breezy fashion or Andrew Baxter fashion, depending. Uh, we don't celebrate anybody's death. Um, but 
he, he got some of those shots off during this, this now infamous Brianna Taylor raid where, you know, uh, th- this poor guy has been through the ringer. He's been labeled a racist. He's been uh, abandoned by his department. He's been abandoned by his city. Uh, you know, we didn't get into coworkers much, but I know there's a little bit more digging to do there. And uh, in my opinion, he doesn't deserve it just uh, based on the character I know of the guy and uh, his integrity. So we, ha- we sat and we had a frank conversation about a lot of things. Uh, I want you to go check it out. If you're a member on YouTube, if you're a member on YouTube, not a subscriber, if you're a member on YouTube, that thing is uploading right now. In fact, I'll give you a progress report because there was a little issue earlier, but uh, the upload is complete, so you should be able to go look at that if you're a member, because you'll have the link. It was in a post that I sent out earlier. Something else you should look for is uh, John Mattingly's book, which is 12 Seconds in the Dark, a police officer's first-hand account of the Breonna Taylor uh, shooting. It's uh, I know that he's been on the show before, I believe, back in the OJ years. Uh, amazing guy. He's definitely someone that... Uh, it's going to be an interesting interview. I don't normally listen to Drew's stuff because I am legally, I'm contractually required to have this show with him, but right. uh, I would definitely listen to that. So that's, that's coming to Patreon. Also, I dropped a, a little thing today where uh, I interviewed my first field training officer and I asked him what he thought I was like. And if you want to, I, if you want to know what the hell he thought about that, you just have to uh, subscribe, try it out, listen. Okay, so that's so. Uh, oh, th- I'm glad you said that. So it ties into the seven day free trial of Patreon that's coming up because you'll get to hear stuff like uh, John and his drunken rants with his uh, former FTO and his uh, very disparaging stories about me and my uh, college years. Disparaging then, but true. Disparaging but true. And then um, also, you'll be able to hear the John Mattingly interview and, and you'll be able to hear other interviews I've done. Eric is getting ready to, the, the, the studio is finally done. Thank God. By the way, uh, the group text has kind of calmed down, but the studio is finally done. So he's going to start cranking out content. As you know, he's an author. He's got a book of his own. He's going to start reading chapters right into that microphone, which is going to go straight to Josh's computer. Josh's computer is going to upload that to Patreon. And if you have your credit card connected to your Patreon account, you're going to have access to the same stuff. Imagine so, what you could do. You could listen to Eric read the book. Then you can scroll through the earliest posts of my Instagram when I was trying really hard to sell this book to you last year. And you can look at the pictures in the book and hear it being read to you. And with the seven-day trial, this is the essentially the experience of Pig Latin at no cost to you. With the occasional uh, Spider-Man sketch. Uh, Spider-Man is also, he, Spider-Man's actually in the book. That's kind of where Eric does peyote. And uh, he's in a comic book store or something. I don't know. Yeah, see, I, I do remember Eric laying on his ghost bed, looking up at the ceiling and Spider-Man is hovering above him. Uh, not hovering. He's uh, actually he's uh, swinging from tentacled. a thread. Yeah, something. Right. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how to describe that. So um, <clears throat> then the final thing is uh, the brainchild of uh, of the three of us, actually, of Eric and uh, Jonathan Bates and myself. Um, if you're not for, and, and I'm going to tell you, we're directly ripping this off from something uh, uh, that was seen on uh, uh, Instagram. Uh, but I think it's very interesting. So. Just to be able to explain it to you, let me tell you, there's a thing on Instagram called the jujitsu tapes, and it's just basically a, a, a running, uh, it, it, people call this number and they leave a voicemail and uh, throughout the week, they do a little reel of some of the funny rants that come 
through the voicemail. They don't have to be uh, fiction, uh, nonfiction. I mean, you can you can make something up. They don't even have to uh, be in English. As long as they don't they have to be in funny. English. Uh, we can train. We have Google Translate. So what we're going to do is uh, we're going to start our own. We're going to post it on our uh, failure to stop page. It's going to be called Com Center Confessional. If you are a dispatcher who is uh, fed up with uh, alarm company dispatchers, or you're fed up with uh, cops doing traffic stops uh, in the pouring rain when you're doing about 20 other things, uh, if you're fed up with I don't know, uh, scrolling through your um, Amazon and then 911 callers interrupting you, as I saw a meme earlier this week. I want you to call in, and you can do it anonymously, at 848-COM-911. That's right. We're repurposing or dual-purposing our our own phone line. That's 848-266-6911. I want you to call that number. Nice. And leave your confession. What do you don't? What do you dislike about cops? What do you dislike about firefighters? What do you dislike about uh, paramedics? What do you dislike about the ER nurses? What do the ER nurses dislike about cops? What do the dispatchers? And it goes on and on. You could talk about administrators. You could do whatever. Now we've got to come up with a system, and we will uh, to be able to denote when uh, you're leaving a voicemail for Com Center. You know what this might do, though, John. It might chase give me, people. Give me a lot of extra work to do. Yeah. Yes. It, yes. That was part of the plan. Yeah. Uh, right. To give John more work. Okay. Right. We've got. I love the plan got, already. You've got to earn that no money. So we've <laughs> got, what we were going to do is um, we're going to uh, we've got to come up with a system to denote when there was uh, when this is hey this is for Comp Center or this is Comp Center Confessional, uh, but it's also maybe going to push you towards calling us because we would love to hear from you live. That was the whole intent of this show to be able to on the fly two old dispatchers being able to and one solve dispatcher. any problem. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. So uh, call us at 848-COM-911. That's 848-266-6911. Nice. nice. If you don't know what we look like, one of us is, is uh, very old and the other one is me and I'm not as old. <laughs> sorry drew drew's experience is what he is um yep. did we want to go to the voicemails though in all seriousness though you call those voicemails i listen to them okay i reached out to a couple people who left us voicemails this week and i texted them back and for some reason they think that's great they don't think that i'm just some guy some jabroni in a garage somewhere i can only assure you that i am but uh, you reach out to us and uh, we'll we'll play it on either here on the air if it's for comm center uh, I've played a couple of those voicemails actually on hard time because we get some correctional related calls. And if uh, you have a funny confession or agreements that you want to air and put it out there, not only will we put it out there so that hopefully the person that you hate will hear it and be like, whoa, I need to change my ways. But we could also like tell you how to deal with it or like how to make it worse, depending on what the situation is. So I think it's a great idea, not just because I'm contractually required to get it done. <laughs> you're, well, you're co- contractually required to think it's a great idea. Um, okay, so let's go to the voicemails. Go ahead. Today, we're going to go to the voicemail. Engage voicemail function. Hey, John and Drew. Andrew from the Midwest here. You know, I, I, a couple of the shows this week have been talking about a lot of mental health issues, and I actually have a couple of really good examples from the corrections world. A lot of free cops and dispatchers don't ever get to see what these people who are suffering from mental health problems look like on the other end when they get back on their meds and they are in their right state of mind. When I first started in corrections, we had this gentleman that was on suicide watch, real big guy. 
He was probably 6'4", 250 pounds of solid muscle. But he was very, very badly schizophrenic. And I guess this guy had been a medical student at the local university before his disease had actually been triggered in his mind and caused him to go, you know, start to lose it. And he was a very, very intelligent guy. But when I met him, he'd been off his meds. He was entirely nonverbal. He barely responded to us when we would talk to him at all. He would, you know, barely would even recognize that we were there. He just paced around his cell all day. That's all he did. If we gave him, a, gave him a tray for meals, he would dump it on the floor and just keep walking. Well, about six months later, this guy got sent off to the state mental hospital, got put back on his meds, got back to where he was coherent and actually himself, and got sent back to us so that he could go through with his trial and deal with court case. Completely different individual. And he asked me one day while I was doing my rounds and asked me if I had any interactions with him before he had gone to the hospital. I said, yeah. This guy would just hung his head, said, man, I am so sorry. That is not me. That is not who I am. That was, I was off my meds and I was completely out of it. And we had about a 45 minute conversation with this very, very intelligent, very bright, very smart, very, very well, you know, well-spoken individual. Unfortunately, he thought he was having a conversation with a parakeet. Perfectly normal. I don't know where he's at now. I, I hope the very best for him. I know that he wrapped up his legal case and has moved on with his life and hasn't been back since then that I've known for anybody. If you are ever feeling like you're having a mental health problem, please seek care. If you are one of those people that is, is thinking about or considering harming yourself or killing yourself, reach out. Call someone you love. Call someone you don't love. Call someone. Talk to somebody. Get some help. Guns up, giddy up, y'all. Hey, guys. That's a great message, Andrew. Thank you very much. That was uh, that was insightful and uh, inspiring at the end, um, but I couldn't help uh, making fun of it. In the middle. Couldn't, couldn't help it, but it, ultimately it's a good message about empathy. you got to remember, when you're a first responder, 911 dispatcher, police officer, you're encountering somebody the worst day of their life most of the time. They're at a low point. They're at a point where when they come back from that, they're going to feel shame about it. And it's just more important to remember, if you can, to have empathy because everyone's better than the worst thing they've ever done. They're better than the worst day they've ever had. But ultimately, people are not their mental illnesses either. You know, we, people need help. And if we can help help them up and get to a better place, you know, that's that's the way to solve a lot of our problems that we have going on in this country. We know mental health is a huge issue. We know it's putting a strain on all of our systems, whether it's, you know, paramedics, dispatchers, police officers. We know it's the answer. So show a little compassion, a little empathy, and hopefully we can help each other out. Um, I have two things on this. Uh, th there's somebody in the chats. I don't want to identify who they are, but um, I happen to know that <clears throat> they had a, a pretty serious incident at their workplace. Um <clears throat> there was somebody that was killed outside their workplace and um, they may or not be, they're usually in the chats. I don't know if they're in here tonight, but um, the sad part was, you know, there was just a little um, DMing going on between me and that person. And I, I just wanted to check on them and uh, you know, they, they offered some of the story and the sad part of the story is that uh, the corporation was generally more concerned about keeping people working and productive mm -hmm. yeah. while the investigation was going on. So just outside that door, one of their very own coworkers was killed, brutally killed on a smoke break or whatever. And uh, they were a little bit more worried about like, well, you can't leave anyway. 
uh, and and th- this these are the kinds of things like, you know, we talk about trauma all the time when we talk about these traumatic calls and and all this other stuff. But um, th- this these are v- contributing factors as well. Your administration in in a in a law enforcement agency or in a fire department or in a, a com a communication center or whatever they're going to contribute to your mental health just as well. And I'm telling you, some of the studies will show you that internal pressure from management is probably one of the greatest drivers of stress or ill mental health. I mean, it's, you know, obviously some of it's medical, but um, some of it is not. Would you? Well, agree? I, I definitely would. And, you know, to, to say, well, you know, we're, we're going to keep going, you know, I understand they've got to keep the doors open on the business. They've got to keep offering, you know, salary wages, uh, whatever medical, medical benefits. So, so, you know, in a sense, I understand the, the continuation there, but you almost just have to stop and you have to recognize what happened and you owe it to that person and their dignity to say like, well, you know what, we're not going to work today. Let's have a critical incident debrief. You know, maybe you can bring in people that will do that and then, you you know, everyone can kind of talk about it. And then, you know, once people feel acknowledged and you, you move on, it's not, it's not that the trauma is over or anything like that, but, you, you know, you've begun to do right by them. And when you do right by them, they're going to be more productive because they see that you care. Yeah, it's it's not just a morale issue. It's it's the right thing to do. It's just humanity. I mean, like it doesn't really cost anything. Yeah, it might cost your business a little bit uh, that night or that evening. Um, if you're non-governmental, but um, there was a murder outside the door. <laughs> yeah. Aren't you expected to lose a little bit of money uh, when something like that happens? So uh, th- then the other thing I wanted to mention that that Andrew's phone call kind of covered was uh, th- there's a guy on YouTube that I admire and I admire his bravery. And I think I've talked about him on here before. Maybe it was on the big show. What, you know, the, the major show on this network um, <clears throat> the, on Fridays. Uh, but at any rate, Never heard he has, of it. I think he has some kind of schizophrenia or he has some kind of, he, he, in a, he goes through these psychotic episodes and when he's going through the psychotic episode, he feels it. He hits record and he's got his girlfriend in the room with him and he just documents the entire thing. So you can see what it's like to go through a psychotic episode. And it's probably, it probably started so he can rewind and see what it's like himself so when that doctor showed back up to the to the jail and started to apologize and had this normal conversation and you know is regulated on the medication and everything it's a wonderful thing but when you're encountering a mentally ill person out on the street um you know just bear that in mind like these people are just some some of these people are just a little bit of medicine away from being your brother or or your sister or your father or whatever. And, um, you know, that, that is a driver of homelessness as well. It's, it's ill mental health. Like it's, they, they just, you know, like they think we saw it last week and on Friday's show, like, uh, what did he say? I'm, I am the, I'm security for the world, which, you know, is probably a double entendre, but, um, you know, maybe, maybe it is kind of, uh, of a hallucination. Well, so, I speak, you know, speaking of mental health, I can't imagine what that poor officer is going through with all the stress. But then, you know, now she's got this memory of not only killing a person, but what it's like, you know, that vulnerability and helplessness when you discharge your firearm and the guy's still coming at you. I mean, oh. that was uh, that bothered me. And I've never I'm not a police officer, but just the idea that you're trying to stem a threat and then they just keep coming. I mean, like you, you and Tansy talked about that's nightmare stuff and she's lived it. She's. 
Yeah, I mean, and it's just there is that recurring dream that police officers have, and I've actually got a couple DMs or actually YouTube comments about uh, people having the exact same dream, either the cement trigger or the bullets just trickle trickle out, or and it's just it's about the fear of being unprepared, um, according to some dream analysts. I mean, powerlessness to, to, to confront the danger. Yeah. Because you're in that situation all the time, every single day. Um, I've had some weird dreams about prison. I've left there eight years ago and you know, every once in a while still I'm, I'm having dreams about something of that nature. So that stuff sticks with you. I mean, I've been out of there for a long time, but some nights it feels like I'm back inside the walls again. Hmm. Well, I'm listening to the show. You know, it's not a big show. You're doing a great job and bringing some good awareness. I have a question that's been burning at me the last few years. So I'm wondering, is it okay to call someone a dispatcher or do I have to call people a communicator now? Because communication centered, everybody seems a little touchy about the different words. I want to make sure we're calling it right. Ends up giddy up. Appreciate all you do. Thank you. Hey, that's a great question. Uh, Go ahead and take it, John. I've got a take on it. The funny thing is, is that I've always, you know, there's so much in, in titles. There's a power in name and there's a power in title. And I've never really felt like anything that you use to describe my job is accurate. Like sometimes I call myself a 911 operator because I, I operate a complex system or I dispatch things, which means I give things to other people. Or uh, Abby does this thing where she, every time she refers to my profession, she delineates call takers from dispatchers. Uh so, you know, I don't know. I don't know what the correct nomenclature is. All, all I know is, is that we're probably mad about something else if we're yelling at you about what you're calling us. So <laughs> I, all, I w- all I would say is if you're a corrections officer or a correctional officer, don't call us a guard because we're that's not that's not correct. That's the only thing that I'll kind of get wound up about. Drew, what's your what's your hot take from when you were a, a dispatcher back in 1985? Uh, back in the 1900s, uh, the. Um... It didn't bother me. Like when somebody checked for a warrant or whatever, they would say, okay, what's your operator number? And you'd give them operator 43. There were one or two. That was my old comp center number, operator 43. Mine's Uh, nine. When you add it up, it's four, it's seven, four and three. I've got seven connected to me somehow. But listen, it didn't matter to me. It mattered to some people. Like there was, there was one woman that I worked with in particular that if you called her an operator, she's, she would take, high offense to it. And that was back a long, long time ago. Um, I, I make that distinction. And I think Abby is just, just being um, uh, conscientious about it. I make the distinction between emergency call takers and dispatchers because here in the state of Florida, they're not necessarily synonymous. They're not one and the same. They're different certifications or they're different classes when you're hired. So one can do both, but there's, but the other one can't do both in, until they're certified to do the other one. So, um, I, I don't think that you need to worry about the proper, uh, like, let's call them telecommunicators. Now it's national telecommunicators week or whatever. That's I, a bit I of a mouthful to me, but I mean, yeah, that's yeah, the technical yeah. term. And, and I noticed like, I, I follow the guy that runs the LAPD, uh, comm center. Um, I, I noticed like when he refers to the, the dispatcher's telecommunicators or by title it, they're like they've got you know la's always got this weird striping system and senior patrol lpr2.1 
Johnson. You know, I mean, they've got this long, long, you know, I, you know I'm not picking on them. They, they have these like PSR, which is, uh, or PSO something or community something officer or so different agencies have different titles for them. I think in the industry, it's, it's, I guess it would be like the telecommunicator industry, but some are dispatchers, some are just plain old uh, emergency call takers. Some are just like, how about you just fucking leave me alone <laughs> and don't call me anything. So I, I, I think it's uh, very kind to, to not want to step on their toes. Um, but That's true. you asked us, why don't you ask the dispatchers? Why don't you ask the telecommunicators that you run across and see what they prefer? And then you could slip them a little card that says, tune in Thursday nights on failure to stop network, 848-COM-911. That's 848-266-6911 and get them to follow us and get them to call us. John, there's a third voicemail. I'm getting ready to play it. Let's do it. I like hey, it. Drew. My name is um, Elizabeth Carter, and I'm calling you from um, Georgia, from uh, the Atlanta area. And there is a story that I want you guys to look into doing because hardly anybody, I mean, hardly anybody knows about it. Um, I want you to please look up First Lieutenant Ashley Henderson Huff. She was killed in action uh, in Iraq. Uh, um, oh gosh, I think it was September nineteenth of two thousand six or two. Yeah, two thousand six. Um, please look her up, and I need you guys to tell her story. Uh, if you want to uh, contact her dad, I can get that information for you. Um, but but the world has to know about her. Um, the Iraqi police that she trained, she was a, um, an MP and she was training, uh, Iraqi police and, um, was killed by an, um, IED. They actually built a statue to her outside of their training academy. I mean, this is like just blowing your mind kind of stuff that the world does not know about this. Uh, if you want to call me back on it, my number is four. Yeah. I'm going to cut that off. Uh, uh, is there anything more to that uh, voicemail, John? Do you remember? Well, it could be phone number. It could be something good for coming up for Memorial day. Uh, I just looked it up. It is a uh, H U F F is how it's spelled. The Travis Mannion foundation, uh, lists, uh, you know, her, the day that she was killed in action, where she's from her date of birth, uh, and kind of looks like, uh, her actions in Mosul. Um, so we've already got a lead on this story. Um, this is something I may share with Eric just because he's former army. I know yeah. that we've, we've got some contacts too, with people who, uh, served, uh, in Iraq. I'm talking about the terrorist whisperer. I'm not committing him to, to doing anything, but I'm just saying when, you know, we have contacts on the show who definitely know what it was like in Iraq and, uh, I'll give it to him and we'll see if it's a story that we can run with, if not here on Patreon, but you know, we, you know, like I said, from Memorial Day, that could be a very good story to tell. Drew. The, um, uh, th that would be a great story for Memorial Day, and we will definitely look into that. There's no question. Um, the, uh, the thing that struck me about that is um, you think of how women are regarded in Middle Eastern countries and, and cultures right. in general. And uh, definitely to, to have an impact on the people that she trained, that they erected a statute. I mean, 
a statue, not a statute. Um, but if, uh, and I don't know if it was the Iraqis that did that or the Americans or whatever, but, um, yes, thank you very much, Elizabeth, for calling us. Uh, I, I, I haven't deleted the thing. I just didn't want to put your phone number over the, over the air. Uh, so we're going to go to one of our standbys. Captain, comm center, comm center, Captain Micah. Oh boy. Hey guys, this is Sergeant. I'm sorry. Um, Captain Micah, that reminds me, I got to call admin and ask for a raise. Uh, if you guys are listening to this, on another episode of Com Center with Drew Breezy, uh, Andrew Baxter with the blue check mark, uh, Josh, aka Deadleg Media, and uh, John. That's right. I'm also here. Yeah. Um, I just got done with a perimeter check. I heard some coyotes and some dogs uh, howling, and it just reminded me of how much I appreciate the wolf pack. So I appreciate the questions from you guys, uh, the dirty DMs from Lumbers, Chef, uh, etc. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a busy week. Um, been watching Hands and Intent um, so far. Had two people likely fired, and I have a tenth day to look forward to tomorrow. But it's just a, it's a good reminder that anybody who's threatening uh, people's safety, the public, or each other's just they, they got to go. So I uh, appreciate you guys. Keep up the buddy check-ins. Um, I, I did share last week. I've been dealing with some professional and some uh, personal trauma for a while now. And uh, it's been two, weir- two years. I'm still waiting on a call um, wow. for an appointment to, to speak to somebody. So I just wanted to say uh, thank you to the Wolfpack and guns up, giddy up. Take care of each other, guys. Uh, there is no hey doubt. Guys, my, there is no doubt in my mind, uh, Captain Compson or Micah, that uh, that is the universe talking to you when the wolves, when you hear the wolves uh, howl, because that is uh, our way of. Could also be a sign that you're other. in significant danger. Could also be that. Could also be a sign that your mental health is declining, and it, it could also be a sign that. Um, well, I mean, it could be a number of things. I mean, it could be just hunger pangs. Who knows? And, and John, hungry. by the way, they're, they're hunger pangs, not hunger pains. Chomping at the I, bit. I know about pangs. Travis, I'm calling from Tampa, Florida area, and uh, love the show. Uh, I just have an issue with the most recent episode when you guys were talking about the bees. I feel like you guys missed a golden opportunity to play the sound clip from Tommy Boy when they were being attacked by the fake bees and telling the police their firearms were useless and they're running save themselves don't let that happen again fellas when you have comedy gold like that at your fingertips use it thanks guys i'll talk to you later i just want to say that i wanted to play that and drew said no because <laughs> of copyright he's like i don't want to get us demonetized i don't want to be haunted by the ghost of chris farley for we uh literally had the discussion before we went on the Again, behind Don't the scenes. Don't gaslight me, Drew. I'm telling you, Travis, we're on the same page because I was like, do you not remember this thing from Tommy Boy where they're like, my, my firearms, your firearms are useless. And uh, he said, uh, th- then the one cop looks at the other is like, Davey, I'm allergic to bees. And the other guy's like, I am too. And they just got out of there. We'll, we'll come um, back and we'll check on you later. 
holy shnikes, it worked. Uh, Michael August makes a great point. We could have played that clip from The Wicker Man. I mean, I do like that scene where Nicolas Cage is just getting fucking stung to death. That's good. I like that one. It's good acting. <laughs> yeah, we don't know that that was acting. But yeah, so we did discuss that. And and then John made it right. I mean, you know, and I even posted that as a uh, as a short on YouTube. And I'm sure it got 35 views. So, And uh, Andre also mentioned My Girl. I, I mentioned that movie last week where the poor innocent boy – very much about the same age as me and he's in that movie and his only crime was was loving someone else and he was stung to death by millions of bees it's, and i saw that movie when i was way too young it does uh it does ring true with uh one of the members of this show more than they're, the other they're the snakes of the sky drew we have <laughs> they are the, the they are the um that joke was for a very specific person. I, I hope they appreciate it. The snakes of the sky is, is a wonderful reference. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that you have a quick news story, and uh, we we have gone 41 minutes without discussing anything no. about police-related. We do not have a show tonight, folks. Uh, something <laughs> weird that I just wanted to say, like, I don't know if this is because of spring and people are leaving their homes. Like here, you know, like wherever I live, way up north, people kind of hunker down. We tend to hibernate. It's very it's very common that you have welfare checks done and police go in. They'll find people under pounds of blankets and there's just empty peanut butter jars and uh, Mountain Dew bottles full of urine. People kind of, you know, they kind of, you know, hibernate for the winter. But people are coming out, I guess. It's finally springtime here. We've seen a huge uptick of 911 hang-up calls where the 911 rings and there's nobody in the line and I have to listen to their lawnmower or I have to listen to them swearing at their children to do better in school or listening to their filthy sex sounds or whatever it is I'm forced to hear against my will. I and wonder, I was, John, uh, if you Googled that, if it would be a common problem. <laughs> what I would like to do, I propose to you in the room, is that <laughs> what I could do is I could look for some news to talk about on Comp Center. I Googled 911 dispatchers in the news, and I'm seeing here uh, from WKOW, 911 dispatch centers across southern Wisconsin report dramatic uptick in 911 hang-up calls. That's in Iowa County, Wisconsin. Uh, Everett police see increase in 911 hang-up calls. That's from KOMO News. That was That's three hours old. And, of course, uh, don't forget Ada County, Idaho. They are seeing a dramatic uptick in accidental 911 calls. Folks, 911 is under siege from your butts, from your pockets, from your cup holders, <laughs> and it is driving people nuts. I took nine today. I am up to like 143 for the year, some ridiculous number like that. Um, please handle your phones carefully. Please disable your 911 function. I don't have an iPhone, so I don't really understand how that works. I'm sure Drew could talk about it because Drew's retired and Drew can afford an iPhone and he probably knows about how all that works. Uh, but what we're seeing in the news it could just confirms what's going on here is that uh, it's it's all over the place that 911 pocket dials, ass dials are way up. And uh, it, it, in all seriousness, it is annoying, but it does bog down the system when you have to put on like an actual 911 on hold to triage this other 911 call coming in, you know, like you're taking a structure fire or a vehicle accident and 911's ringing and you're the only one available and you're answering it and you're hearing a lawnmower. Uh, so police your phone better. And if you do dial 911, if you look down at your phone and you say it's calling the police, just hold it up to your head and say, I'm sorry, we are not going to send a Black Hawk helicopter to come abduct you and like hit you with a wet noodle. We just want to know you're okay so we can terminate the call. We can close yeah, it up. Uh, 
also, no, we're not joking. You, you know what I mean? That, that was the biggest thing I used to get all the time. Like, hey, this is 911. Are you okay? Do you have an emergency? You're joking. No, 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 I'm not joking. You, or, or they, they accuse you of lying. Well, then why the, does it say this other number? Like, well, because right. I'm going who to is say 911 when I call you. <laughs> like, I could send a deputy sheriff to your house to knock on your door. You could just tell me everything's all right. Or You could dial 911 if you want and talk to me again to prove or it. you can just, like, clear your throat if there's somebody holding a gun to your head. But the, a lot the, of what calls about this, bees, though? I've taken a lot of phone calls with suspicious B sounds over the last week. That is a threat. Yeah, that's... Uh, that seriously. There's an uptick in bees. Uh, so uh, there's an uptick in bee stories for sure. Um, what I want to say is this, because it'll make me look like a genius if it's true. Uh, in fact, let's just posit that it's true. When uh, iPhone updates to a new operating system or when uh, Samsung pushes something out or when Sony pushes something out or, or uh, what's the other major manufacturers? Um, tech is what I have. What do you have? Swift Tech? No, Smith did, Tech 500. <laughs> the Smith Tech 500. Yep. No, the phone, like the Google phone. What's the what's the major the the, the opposing Google okay, Pixel, the Pixel phone? Yeah. When these when these manufacturers start pushing updates out, sometimes there's either a glitch in it or there is a um uh like like you know they don't realize it, but they've programmed the volume down button. If you hold it down for six seconds, that it calls it calls nine one one. There, there was a big issue with that when the new um, uh, I, 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 Apple Watches came out. Um, like it was, a, there was a new version of an Apple Watch that came out, and uh, it included cellular in it. So when you banged your the crown of your watch or whatever, it would call nine one one. So there was like the uptick in that it, it just it happens from time to time sometimes it's technology other times it's uh, just slow news day and they are all sharing the same news service because that's how this country is run yeah it's true there is just copy and paste of the news i should actually go through them but just see where they edit out ada county and put in iowa county and just <laughs> boy things sure are rough here at home <laughs> wherever that may be we're going to uh kind of get into uh what we we're uh, here to do uh, tonight, and this is a critical incident. IMPD began issuing body worn cameras out of the Indianapolis Metro Police Department. This is what uh, this is. Um, uh, look, full disclosure. What I wanted to do with this was uh, cover this incident because it's it's harrowing, and and you know it's something for you to watch. It's something to fe to feast your eyes on. The bad guys, uh, the bad guy lost. The good guys, though. They were shot, survived. So, you know, it's a little bit of a happier moment than, than normal. Um, but normally we like to make sure that there's a communications element in this. In other words, we want to talk about the radio traffic on there or why they're saying what they're saying or what they're saying sometimes to translate for you. Or if there's a 911 call or if there's something similar to that, there always has to be a communications aspect because it's always been my opinion that we're overlooking what the communications people do. Plus, it's the uh, main thing that keeps us different from that lousy Friday show. Having the 911 <laughs> dispatcher have something to do. Well, the, the deal is with this. Uh, I did a public records request for the radio traffic. Uh, it has not returned. And this is good footage. I think it's uh, I think there are lessons to be learned. Uh, listen, when I used to teach interviews and interrogations, I would tell you. 
Um, you don't you don't always have to get the confession. In fact, that's the, the goal of any good interview is to get truthful information. It's not to get a confession. A confession is nice, but sometimes confessions are false. So you have to be very cautious of that. Oftentimes, though, when you interview somebody, it's what they don't say or it's the story that they've stuck to. And you can investigate around that. You can determine that that's all untruthful, that that could never happen. Therefore, you know they're lying, which is just as good as an, adv- an admission or sometimes just as good as a confession. I'm going to play that same logic and that same mind game with this tonight. The fact that there isn't a whole lot of radio traffic and a whole lot of communication communicating going on is what we are probably going to end up talking about more because oftentimes we fail as officers to, to include the communications people in what we're doing. And when you see how quickly the shit hits the fan, you really, uh, you really want people to know where you are so people can get to you fast. I'm not saying that that's the case here. I, I haven't been able to analyze the radio traffic or, um, and, and I'm very thankful that, uh, you know, they, they had, a, they seem to have a good group of guys on that task force that work together to, um, you know, make sure everybody else was safe. But uh, let's watch some of the footage here. Apparently, um, they uh, were part of a uh, a detectives. Yeah, they were detectives as, as a part of a, a greater gun, gun task squad. Force. They were, yeah, yeah, they were going after a guy that they. I think he was actually a suspect in a shooting. If I'm, if if you want me to do this as Tansy, I can. Whoa, he like shot a bunch of guys, and the cops are like. We're the cops now. Whoa, baby, let's go. <laughs> Fucking cops, man. And then the cops. He doesn't uh, listen anyway. We can say whatever we want. He, well, no, we'll hear about this in three weeks. Uh, so he's, um, God bless Eric Tansy. I love that guy. Um, he is very kind. We're seeing, uh, you're, not, you're not seeing this uh, if you're listening, obviously, but apparently what happened is they were, surveilling this guy they went to the they went to make a traffic stop on him he emerged from his um residence with a soft case a rifle case got in the driver's side uh, of his car the pass uh, there was a second person that got in the passenger side they they took off and they decided at whatever point that there was probable cause to pull him over slash um uh affect the traffic stop because either they had uh, you know either they had a traffic infraction or it was just time to take this guy down i don't know if they had a warrant for him or if they had probable cause for his arrest they they saw him getting into the vehicle with us i believe with the soft rifle bag so they might have had reason to believe that he was moving some merchandise right then or moving a move moving a possible murder weapon oh m- moving product so his well, name is, well uh, i mean if he was a suspect in a shooting and if they can get him right there with the gun i mean and you you have intelligence to back this up and you suppose you even have a warrant or something wouldn't that be good enough for you to just go ahead and pull him over and get him before he can if you have the warrant sometimes uh sometimes officers don't have that uh, sometimes they have exigent like, circumstances though like that could it's be not, yeah it, it, no i agree uh, and it's not always the exit but but i'm going to tell you if it's a task force situation, there's multiple agencies involved. I, as the supervisor or shift commander, I'm going to say, let's make sure that that's an FCIC, NCIC. Let's make sure that the warrant has been approved because unless you're going to arrest this guy on probable cause, you could take that warrant to a judge conceivably, get into this shootout, and the judge, and while you're without knowing what's happening, the judge might go, 
You don't. This isn't enough. Your case is over. The guy knows you're following him. You're you're busted. The the angry captain says, get me your badges and your guns. Get out of here. The only way to get your jobs back is to investigate this on your own time. But don't you do that. You know, and then that's you want my shield. Here's my shield. You want my my peace. Here's my peace. Here's my peace. Okay, so here's this. Uh, This is the um, the footage from the. Oh, look, it's uh, Lewis. I, I really wanted to get into some of the stuff that he shot. He's a good he's a good dude. Uh, th- this is footage from a uh, surveillance camera in um, Indianapolis or the surrounding area. This is so as I was starting to tell you, they attempted to pull this guy over first. He immediately takes off. They attempted to uh, pursuit intervention technique maneuvers, pit maneuvers. And if you don't know I, what that is, I'm going to demonstrate with my hands. Very nice. Drew is doing an obscene gesture, clearly a gang sign or <laughs> some kind of, it's clearly sexual, very offensive. I'm, I'm taking him out of the stream now. Drew. Wolfpack. Drew, Drew, Wolfpack making that stuff after the show, for the love of God. So they're doing, uh, what they do is they try to match up the front wheel of their patrol car with the back wheel of the, the bad guy's car and you turn right into it and then you just keep driving and you'll avoid collision, but it'll spin the, the car out. And that way the person behind you can get in front of them. So, um, it's, it's a very effective technique in, uh, in a lot of agencies are going to two things. First of all, they're going to these gun squads that are doing a lot of, to, to curb gun violence. They're going to a lot of these gun squads where they're following up on gun, uh, purchases or gun information, not, not second amendment stuff, but like when, uh, it, it used to be, if it was, if there was just a shooting, it was just a shooting unless it was a homicide. Right. So if it's a homicide, it's a big deal. Well, how many shootings are you going to tolerate and how many homicides or how many shootings would have been homicides, save a couple centimeters, right? So uh, a lot of the agencies are smartening up to say, let's figure out where the guns are coming from. Let's let's get the felons that are in possession of these guns that shouldn't have them by state law or or whatever. Let's get them off of the streets and get, get them back into prison um, because guns are – guns can be bad if they're in the wrong hands right i've heard that so so they've uh, they tried to to stop this guy he made a couple left turns bottom line is he jumped uh, he drove down the uh the the alley of this uh business and it was caught on surveillance camera so we'll see we'll pick it up from there it it, it kicks off quick so uh just kind of stand by i would i would probably focus my attention on this gray pickup truck here because you're going to see the green car just start flying right past it. Now, f- following very close behind in a Dodge Charger that's marked with the red and blue lights activated is uh, Detectives DeLeon and Phelps, I think his name is. So they're directly behind this guy. Well, I guess what this guy didn't realize is when he turned down this like little side alley here, he hit a dead end. He had nowhere to go. So he jumped out of his car with his the rifle that was in his soft case and just started firing and immediately uh, or almost immediately there's just like a volley of gunfire almost immediately he hit um detective de leon or he he hit one of the two they're they're uh, they're in uniforms they've got rifles and a, a, it's just a classic gunfight they're taking cover behind a vehicle de leon gets hurt he's down 
Uh, Drew, we should probably just play the audio at some point. I mean, that's that's pretty. I, I am stuff. clicking uh, furiously the on off switch of the uh, of the speaker thing, and it's just not working for me. Uh, I think what I'm going to end up having to do is uh, screen share it, John. But uh, okay, that might be a flapjack situation. All right, I have flapjacks or a wonderful breakfast thing to eat after a wonderful night of sleep on a ghost bed. Now, if you are someone that Detective DeLeon's body worn camera video begins just before the pursuit was initiated on North Post Road. The pit maneuvers occurred just after the westbound turn onto East 30th Street. Shots fired by Mr. Gebri Iwitt at the officers can be heard before Detective DeLeon exited his patrol car. This is exactly what a, a surveillance sounds like. I mean, whether you're in a patrol car or in a regular car, it's like, hey, he's in the number two lane. He's traveling southbound. We're passing the, the Wendy's. And, you know, so people can get a time marker of how far behind they are. And a frosty. Uh, yeah, I got two cars for cover, you know, like I got two cars in between us. We're coming up on a red light. So it kind of alerts everybody else to speed up a little bit if they if they're getting, so they don't get caught by the red light. Six, Ocean King Tom. Tom is going to be a shooting suspect. He might be taking off. He's going to be, he's going to uh, so go westbound on 30th from coast. We got a lot of movement before. Uh, hold on a second. No, 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 no. He's going to go west on 30th. So they're riding two band cars here too. So um, he's calling out the surveillance. He's looking for a place to run. He's giving the license plate to the dispatcher too, so the dispatcher could see if the vehicle has already been in, involved in another felony, or if it's stolen, or something like that, or if it has someone else associated with the vehicle, or just Great to point. identify it. Yeah, yeah, and oftentimes uh, they'll ask, "Hey, who does that come back to?" Because that's just um, in big thinking it's good to verify that you're following the right vehicle one and two, it's good to have that radio traffic. So if something does end up happening later on in life, you can say, yeah, not only did I run the, the tag, but they came back with this registered owner. Yeah. If that vehicle gets away, I, I could initially, I could put out a, a bolo or be on the lookout for that, you know, citywide or countywide or wherever it needed to be. And I, I would be able to, to let anyone know exactly what vehicle we're looking for and why. So I can put that out as a bolo, but I can also change the status of the vehicle so that if suppose they skip town, they go down to Arizona, they get away. Well, somebody down in Glendale runs that tag. They can see like, hey, this is a felony vehicle. This is wanted by Indianapolis Metro Police Department, you know, was involved in a flight after a felony stop and hold for prints and the whole deal. So you can put a lot of information in that. There's a lot of reasons why you would want to run that tag. The dispatchers make a lot of use of that out of that. Okay, so the um, Indianapolis Metro PD was kind enough to give us uh, like uh, visual cues of what what's about to take place. So what this says in the lower left is uh, pit maneuver in seven, and it's a countdown. So there's going to be within seven seconds, there'll be a pit maneuver. So they're obviously pulled up alongside. Now he turns into the vehicle. You can see it very clearly. He turned right. And now he's having to explain. And you can see the trees rushing by his windshield. Uh, it may not necessarily be a high speed chase because it seems to me that he only turned. He turned. Uh, he he didn't pit him out. He turned 
and then the guy's going to make another turn in about nine seconds, and that's oh! where he ends up going. Hey, relax, 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 relax. Down the uh, alleyway. So he has now turned into the business parking lot. You can see the officer turning left from his body cam. And you'll hear the part. Watch out, watch out, watch out. He's going to hit a tree. He's going to hit a tree. Stop! Officer's out of the car. That's fired. He's out of the bag. He's out. Uh, reloading, reloading. Okay, so that's that's uh, this is a good uh, kind of pause point. He's he gets down on one knee. He he jumps out of his car, out of the driver's side of his car. We're still looking at the driver's body worn cam. He gets out of the car. He had already emptied an entire magazine out towards you know he's he's putting bullets down range where this guy is shooting back at them. He goes for cover because when you want to reload to when you want to do a tactical reload, you definitely want to be behind some type of cover and you'll hear him say audibly i'm reloading reloading or he says something we, we used to have what we called alpha and bravo like it, we would call alpha so that you would know that i am ducked behind somewhere trying to reload and i would yell bravo when i'm back in the game and then you know i would yell echo when i'm completely empty so we did that uh, in dodgeball it, too actually <laughs> right. I mean, that's the, it's an old, actually, we, we took that from dodgeball. So uh, alpha and Bravo is very common or, uh, Hey, I'm reloading. It's, it's all about the communication though, because your partner is going to wonder why you're not throwing uh, bullets downrange just like they yeah, if are. You're not, if you're not firing, he might worry that you just took a headshot and that you're dead. So that's why you would say that. Right. And, and if you're going to be, you don't want to be out exposed to these uh, high powered rounds that are coming right back at you. If you're tr just, you, you kind of, we we practice enough at the range so that you're reloading without looking at your firearm. Uh, but uh, when you're in the middle of a firefight, it's a little bit different. Your your motor skill, your fine motor skills start to uh, play tricks on you. I'm hit! I'm hit! I'm hit! I'm hit! I'm hit! I'm hit! I'm hit, I'm hit. I'm not playing, I'm not playing. Keep up. Down on the ground. Stay on him. Body worn down in 20 seconds. He's laying prone on the ground. On him. Sending body worn down in 15 seconds. Sending body worn down in 10 seconds. Body worn down, cancel. Put a tourniquet on, put a tourniquet on. On my right foot. Oh, fuck. So there's another officer behind him. Is Detective Phelps, body worn. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know what you're getting ready to say, but um, th there's an officer that comes up. He's from the car behind them, and he, he's um, trying to administer some aid. But th they're also still in the middle of a firefight. So even though you're you're out of the game, so to speak, with a with a you know with a bum foot because you've been shot. Uh, and you know, for all intents and purposes, we don't know. I mean, it could he, he could have blew his foot off, like so. It's more than just uh, he got shot in the foot. But um, here, here, somebody comes up to try to assist him, at least keep him safe and secure, like behind some kind of cover while they can get some medical aid to him. But they're still engaged in a firefight with the guy. The threat's still active. 
camera video begins just before the pit maneuver on East 30th Street. During the exchange of gunfire, Detective Phelps reported that Detective DeLeon had been shot. Detective Phelps was shot in the torso but remained engaged as Mr. Gabriel continued to fire at officers. Yeah, this is a good point Mike is bringing up because I see people chattering here about the car is not going to stop a bullet. You know what else is not going to stop a bullet? Open air. Uh, so you just you definitely want to uh, at least get somewhere behind where they can't make yourself a hard target. One and two, get behind something that will slow the bullet down or change the trajectory or do something. Uh, but if you're standing out in front of your your car, you're foolish. It's, if you've got cover to get behind, get behind it. It's not necessarily gonna. Um, it's not necessarily gonna stop every bullet, but it's it's not it's not futile. It's not like it's in your way. Use it to your no. advantage yeah. to either conceal yourself or to cover yourself. Something else to think about is if he is firing from a rifle, which I'm not sure he is, but like that's a high velocity round. Okay. So like Drew said, if you could slow it down with a car, maybe that's a, a now a round that your armor won't be penetrated by. So there's, I, I mean, just put yourself in a situation. You can either dive behind the car, or you can stand there and get blasted. I think you, you know what the obvious thing to do is. One thing I wanted to circle back, Drew, is I heard a computer voice there kind of giving a countdown <laughs> uh, for all those uninitiated you know, half myself included. Did you want to tell us a little bit about what that is? Okay. So they explained at the beginning of this, uh, we, we, it was either muted or we didn't have audio at the point at that point, but they explained what their, uh, system of body worn cameras is. And it's a little bit different than the axon system that a lot of people see. You'll see the axon symbol and the, you know, the, the kind of, uh, patented two lines of timestamp and unit and all that. Most body cameras are, are made by Axon. It's a company, it's the same company that makes Taser. And they, um, you know, they, they house all the data and they, they do all this other stuff and they're in the equipment business. So most people use Axon, most agencies or a lot of agencies across America use Axon systems. Now, this is not an Axon system. This is something else. If they, if they showed it at the beginning, I think, uh, and it's it's like, basically an iPhone cell phone holder that you conceal in your uh, shirt. And one of your shirt buttons is actually a grommet, uh, not to be confused with grommet vomit, which is the podcast of Eric Tanzi's children who are skateboard aficionados uh, on the DeVille skate shop team. But there is a grommet that uh, is wide enough so that the lens can peek out from you know, the concealment of your shirt. So they use a different kind of system. And there are some, uh, there are some safety mechanisms built into these things. If you're, uh, the, the, the camera's going to activate if you get within uh, 50 feet of, uh, of a scene, of an incident scene, like it's tracking your GPS so it knows. Your camera's going to activate if uh, your gun comes out of your holster, let's say. I don't know if that's exactly the case in here. Um, but it's also going to activate if your horizontal, if it detects your horizontal for more than, you know, this, I, I think it was set for 40 seconds. So every 10 seconds, the computer voice was saying, you know, we're going to initiate uh, an emergency call in 20 seconds, initiating emergency call in 10 seconds. And what it's going to do is either it, it's going to somehow uh, like notify the communication center that you got somebody down there. There are actual radios that do that. There are like your regular patrol radios. They have little, uh, I explained to John. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, first of all, there's the red, the red button, which, you know, when you hit the red button, it'll override all radio traffic. But there's also, there's also like a, a, like a rocker uh, switch, like a level. And and if the level is off, it detects that you're down. It will automatically trigger that basically that red button. So it overrides all radio traffic because it, it assumes that you're down and you're unable to talk. Go ahead, John. Yeah, what it does is it basically will send a message to the comm center saying, hey, you know, um, you know, every every radio has a number. So it'll say like, you know, 51 down or whatever. And the dispatcher will look at a list and say like, well, that's officer so-and-so. What I would do is attempt to initiate voice contact with him. We do that with like saying, hey, unit so-and-so status check checking your status 1023 basically we're making sure that that person's okay because we've already got a, a sign of distress we might also ask officers that we already who, who are we already know are on scene hey we've got this uh you know man down button coming from so and so can you check their status and advise and uh, sure enough in this case we know that he's already been hit we're watching the camera but you'll see that he pushes up off the ground uh the reason why he does this is to turn off his alarm because he's already in a gun battle there's already probably a lot of radio traffic going on. He's okay, so he doesn't want dispatch alerted to the fact that he's down. So he he sits up when there's about 10 seconds left, which turns off the alarm. Now, if he was unconscious, if he was grappling with someone, obviously he would just you know stay horizontal. That switch is going to trip. It'll alert the comm center, and they will know to send more help going. So super helpful if you're on your own. If you're already in a gunfight, it's just sort of superfluous at that point. Drew, go ahead. We'll keep moving. Okay, so this is Detective Phelps. He he attempted before they pit maneuvered and tried the pit maneuver. He attempted to jump out and just grab the guy, or you know, grab grab the driver's door of the, of the suspect, and the guy took off. That's why they ended up having to try to push the pit. Fuck! You're good. Hey, relax, 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 relax. Driver's getting a little wound up. If Phelps is calming him down. Phelps has got a gun at the ready. They're not even stopped, and he has his pistol in his hand. Ready to fire. Left yeah, hand on the door handle, ready to jump out. Excellent point, John. The, 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 he's got his gun out in the car. like So he's pointing it through the windshield. You're, you're going to have to... If he starts firing at you while you're moving, you're going to have to fire back. Fire it's, back it's to definitely the windshield not, or out the window, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely not uh, practiced. It's not good practice either to fire at or into uh, fire from at or into a moving vehicle, but you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, the windshield is the safety glass, and it would obscure your vision first of all. But it's also going to deflect your bullet. But hey, if you're taking fire, you got to do something. Yeah, it'll deflect it down supposedly. Police action shooting! Police action shooting! He's got a rifle! We got one officer hit! Drop the gun! Police drop the gun! Police drop the gun! He's still moving! He's still moving! Hold fire, hold fire, Matt. 
Police! Drop the gun! Police! Drop the gun! Hey, stack on me! Stack on me! Let's move up! No, hang on, hang on. Okay, so this is Phelps. He he is, by the way, shot. He this is the this is the passenger in the the lead vehicle. This is the guy that was trying to keep the driver, uh, the the officer driver calm. The officer driver that's now out of the fight. De Leon, De Leon. Yeah, he, he right. was driving, attempting to do the pit maneuver. He was frustrated when the pit maneuver didn't didn't succeed. He let out the F word. He was mad. But Phelps has kind of got it all together. He's like, calm down. We're going to get him. Go ahead, Drew. But his adrenaline is coursing so hard that he's not, uh, I, I won't say that he's tunnel visioned, but he is so intently in this fight. It's just an intense feeling because he probably, I, I think he says at some point in a second here, I'm shot. I'm hit. I'm hit in the stomach. But also, he's like, stack on me, meaning you guys get behind me and we're going to move as an element forward and we're going to we're going to go meet this threat. That's what you do in an active shooter. You stack on one another. You just like you'll put your hand on the back or on the shoulder of the person in front of you. And, you know, your gun is going one way. They're going their gun is going another way. And you just move forward kind of as an element uh, in some cases. So he's saying stack on me, stack on me. We're going to go get this guy. And the and the voice of reason who is in the car behind him is saying, slow down a second. Everyone slow down. The reason why stop shooting. The reason why they don't just approach them all abreast is because what did we learn in the Revolutionary War? Don't walk around walking abreast because the guys could just mow you down. He's going to mow you down left to right, and he's going to get in his car, and he's going to go to Wendy's. So that's That's why you would stack up behind one guy. Go ahead, Drew. All right. I'm down, John. Uh, I I do see a legitimate question in there. I can't can't find where it was, but um, there are a couple reasons to not – fire a gun in the car one is of course the glass danger especially if you're not wearing glasses yourself uh two you're both probably going to suffer permanent hearing damage if not hearing loss um and also but you know to be at the ready like look how quickly this all not to make a pun look how quickly this all popped off they weren't even out of the car yet and the guy was already firing at them so if they had to fumble fumble around with the you know level three retention holster trying to get their gun out and you know you just this is not the time to to hope that your fine motor skills work perfectly and you nail it uh you want to have that gun out and, and at the ready give him a minute give him a minute i think i got hit hey i'm bleeding i'm bleeding i'm okay i'm okay fuck this let's go we're good we're okay. We're okay. Hey, we got one gone. There's a male. There's a male. Shirt. Last thing running southbound. I got hit in the front. Get back. We got it. Get back. I got it. We're fine. Officers could see. All right. So I, I'm going to tell you that um, I don't want that guy in the fight. Dude, did you hear that radio traffic where they're talking about how one suspect had fled on foot and they're trying to set up cars for a perimeter? Is that yes. this or is that some other whole incident? Did somebody else? No, that's this. That's okay. this. Nope, that's this. There was a reason. Was the reason a, I bring that up is because if there's something else going on, that just shows you what a shit show it is of a day. Because they like <laughs> so they've got someone <laughs> fleeing on foot. They're setting up perimeters and this, you know. And sometimes <laughs> life's like that where it's like. Man, I got a structure fire. I'm sending out three fire departments. We need to get an ambulance out here. We need to do X, Y, and Z. Get the emergency management out here. We're going to need to get Red Cross out here. And then, you know, just (laughs) 
<laughs> and then like, yeah, just a man starts pistol whipping his wife, you know, in a town that's far away and there's a burglary in progress. So I just, it would not have surprised me at all if that radio traffic we heard was for a completely different thing. Go ahead, Drew. Yeah. And then just like that thing that we played in one of the first shows, that, that's, that's when the parking the parking enforcement guy gets on the radio and he doesn't realize that his volume's turned down and he calls you six times, but you're answering him, but he can't hear you because his radio's turned down uh, and it's all in the middle of this. So we, we've got another legitimate question in there from, uh, from Michael. Um, he's wondering, you know, why are they arguing? Like, well, let's, let's think about it. Uh, the adrenaline is flowing like uh, on a scale of one to 10, it's probably at an 80 or a 90. Um and he's just, uh, he's sufficiently pissed off that he's taken a round to the stomach and he wants to go kill this guy. And um, he doesn't realize that the guy's probably already dead. First of all, he doesn't see what the other guys see. And the, it's not necessarily an argument. You've got to remember that this, this officer who has emptied a, a magazine now and has reloaded probably isn't in his frame of mind, like isn't present. He's in another, he's in, it just, I, I don't know how to describe it. Like there's he's, auditory. He's, he's still in stop the threat mode. He hasn't reanalyzed the situation yes. to realize the situation's changed. He's in stop the threat mode, which means he, pressing forward, going after him until he sees that person is neutralized in the ground. He's, he's absolutely pressed forward. And Go there's ahead. what, what there's what's called code black, meaning you're, you're just in a blackout. You're on autopilot, your, your muscle memory. This is why it's so important to train so much because your muscle memory just takes over for you. That's why it's so important to train the tactical reload. That's why it's so important to train the alpha Bravo drills and all this other stuff. Because when you're in a shooting and you have this tunnel vision, you don't want to have to think about it. You want your body to take it over for you. Well, sometimes when you're in that condition black and I'm not, you know, you don't, you don't know if that guy to the left of you is in condition black. You, you don't know if he's in complete sound mind or sane or, or whatever. It is always best, unless you're taking active gunfire, obviously, to just slow things down for a second, evaluate what you got, see if the guy's just hiding out, laying in wait, or if he's laying dead next to a rifle, um, you know, maybe you don't need to rush up there right away. Maybe you can tactically move as an element to, to get up there a little bit more safely. And maybe you don't want to bring the guy that's already got a bullet hole. Maybe you want to bring somebody else. Maybe you want to stick him, you know, somewhere safe. And, and he's too amped up to realize like, man, uh, you know, this thing could have pierced his gallbladder, his liver, and it was working its way towards his kidney. And Any he's not part of his circulatory system. Yeah. I mean, anything can happen to him. It could drop like a stone. Blood pressure goes down. He's unconscious. And he's now he's a liability because they have to get him rescued. And you cannot bring an EMS yes. unit into this situation until you know that that gun is neutralized. So what are you going to do? Like drive him out of there to get him out of the, the hot zone or the red zone or whatever you want to call it to wherever EMS is hopefully staged. Remember, this was a pursuit that happened after a surveillance. There's no reason, in my opinion necessarily why ems would already be staged hopefully no, they're staging your bike go ahead this was a pursuit that happened during a surveillance so so it's exactly. even worse so that's exactly my point Drew. so there's no ems yeah. pre-staged by unless they already had a special detachment saying like sometimes when we serve high-risk warrants like if we're going after someone and we're expecting a gunfight at a house where we're serving a warrant we'll have ems staged by however even if that was the case they went on a trip. They went down past Wendy's, grabbed a Frosty, and now they're behind this random street that doesn't even have good access to it. You could only access it one way behind them. And so my point being is that there's not necessarily an ambulance close by. They already need to get him out of there if he's taking shots anyway. And uh, it's just a mess from a logistics and EMS standpoint. Right. 
and 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 just you know thinking kind of rationally uh, if there's no bullets flying your way uh, what is the rush to get down there Be, because until you can evaluate it like again he he almost crashed into a tree that the suspect did he almost crashed into a tree so obviously he's behind residences you can get people set up in in different areas to get a better uh, vantage point or eyeball on him to see what he's doing to see if he's reloading to see if he's down or whatever uh, you may not want to just rush right up to him uh, very good you know? very good point there's a neighborhood just to the east of this and you check out the map when the video starts so they're behind like a, a plaza or a strip mall it doesn't have an outlet but just to the east is a neighborhood now we already talked earlier about the possibility of high velocity rounds but you know what just guns anyway and like kids and normal people swimming in the pool and just being alive babies and cribs we got guns flying as soon as we can like maybe you know subdue the gun violence if we're sure that we're not still in a gunfight i say maybe hold back a little bit I don't know. I've never been in a gunfight. Drew, keep going. That Mr. Gabriel's rifle was within his reach. They used a ballistic shield to approach him and secure the weapon. Uh-huh. Upon approaching Mr. Gabriel's, officers quickly determined that he was deceased. There were no other occupants in the car as the passenger had fled on foot. So they stay behind the shield. There's, this is, there's a rifle pointed down range, you know, towards where Iwet is, uh, the, the Gabri Iwet, the uh, suspect, and they are giving him commands. Uh, he's probably dead. They don't know that. Uh, so they're just moving uh, as an element. They, they have the safety and comfort of that shield. It's not necessarily going to stop every single bullet, uh, but they definitely have some kind of protection, and they're making their way through some thick brush towards the minivan where the guy was, and they are able to determine that, yes, uh, he's, he's dead in there, or he's dead next to the uh, minivan. And, Hey, we'll and the, uh, the rifle is nearby. Went to the, find the suspect in the first session you got uh, to the hospital, the split the channels. All right, we're going to move up to clear the car. Turn out the is clear. I've already switched over and told him. Move up, move up. Oh, I got, I got, I got, I got. They're working in a stack, one officer in front of the other. They got rifles at high ready. Guys, it's out. Stack there. A rifle was located next to Mr. Gabriel, who was pronounced deceased at the scene. The lead patrol car occupied by that. detectives DeLeon and Phelps was a bunch of bullet holes in the hood and the windshield um, and an extensive damage like they show a close up of the bullet holes like the, and it's a damn it, shame it, that car was one day away from retirement was struck by multiple rounds fired by Mr. Gabriel. The passenger in the vehicle was apprehended in the 2700 block of Post Road shortly after the incident. The passenger the was uninjured. The passenger probably soiled himself. Let's be honest. Probably. I mean, it, it's, it, there's a good chance that the, the passenger was like, holy shit, he's shooting him. I don't, I don't want any part of this. Like, Hopefully he's like, crime doesn't pay. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he thought that. Crime doesn't pay. Yes. I'm done. He, he remembered his McGruff uh, lectures. Um, so that's that. You, you can hear why I wanted to have that uh, radio traffic. Uh, I, I really wish that we could, because even in all of the mayhem of them trying to like walk up on this suspect, they're all on the same channel and, and half of them want to go to a different channel. So 
um, because they're going to transfer. What ended up happening, by the way, is both officers were thrown into the back of patrol car or patrol cars and driven straight to a, a trauma hospital. That's it's kind of a trend in law enforcement right now. Instead of waiting around for EMS, let's oh, just yeah. get them in the in the back of a patrol car because we could probably get them there quicker. And yes. unless they need immediate trauma care, like things you are could really, also, really bad, you could you could do an ALS intercept where you could say, "Hey, the police are heading towards the ambulance. Can you have the could you have the ambulance intercept them at the Chevron station that's already in the route?" You could do that hypothetically. You could do that hypothetically. I think I would think your your chances of getting them to a trauma center would be better if you just floored it, to be honest. But um, that's because you're big city, Drew. If you're out here in the countryside, <laughs> you might have a good chance of getting an ALS intercept somewhere in the 20 miles between you and the hospital. That's true. Okay. You, you might have some old doctor uh, in his crop duster just just land right on the highway and pick them up and uh, strap them to the wing and get them to the hospital. Uh, so you, you've got all that, uh, going on and, and they're trying to, they're trying to figure out, uh, where this other guy is because they don't know if he's got a gun. They don't know if he's going to run into a bank and take a bunch of people hostage. You know, obviously they have to locate this guy. He was part of the incident. He, he, he may be the suspect. So they have to, or he, they, he may be another suspect. So they have to identify him. He's associating himself with this guy who is involved in a shooting investigation. So there's no two ways about it, but they are still in the process of like tippy toeing kind of up to make sure that this guy is not going to shoot them. And you got a whole other um, faction of officers that are just swarming the area looking for this other guy. They're probably trying to set a good perimeter so the canine can get out and start tracking and, and all this other stuff, but the scene's not completely safe yet. So there's a lot of thing to th things to think about, a lot of confusion going on, and they're all on the same channel. So that's why they made the they made, you know, the request to kind of split off into the two channels. Uh, you know, if I ever get the, the audio back, maybe we'll revisit this at some. Well, some we should point. play the audio just over next episode, whatever that is. Yeah, thank you for getting me mid-step. I appreciate that. So what we're, <laughs> what we're gonna, pause was perfect where you're like, is he serious? <laughs> what we're going to. Uh, so that's that's kind of the end of this. Both of the officers survived, uh, thankfully. Good job. Um, and, and obviously there is an uptick in, in gun violence in Indianapolis or they wouldn't have the gun task force. And the chief said nothing short of that in uh, several. There was an assistant chief that gave a press conference at the in really got passionate and raised his voice. And then uh, the, the chief came out and made a statement too. Like we're tired of, we're just tired of these guns on the street and we're tired of criminals having them. And we're tired of criminals shooting our officers. I mean, it's, uh, I don't think it's too much to ask to not shoot and kill our police officers. It's uh, common I don't courtesy. Get, I, I don't get who wakes up in the morning and decides I'm going to start some shit today and picks up a gun. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't get that. You know, I'm not exactly Mr. Perfect. I don't go volunteer at the library. I help women cross the street, but I, I don't understand that. And uh, just, uh, you know, as far as empathy for the guy, you live by the gun, you die by the gun. Maybe this That's was always right. coming. You had a chance to, to change at any point and you, you chose trouble. So some of these guys, I, I think John's dealt with them enough in prison. Um, not when John was in prison, but when he was worked in a prison. Well, um, first one, then the other. I think, I, I think, I think he would agree that a lot of these guys are like, yeah, I'm not going out 
<laughs> I'm not going to choke on a ham sandwich when I die. I mean, I'm going out in a blaze of glory because I've that's heard, a sign of. I've heard blaze of glory before. Yeah, it, it, some of them kind of romanticize that, you know, Bonnie and Clyde style, uh, you know, yeah, going I, out. Like, I'm going out like an outlaw. I've heard them say, you know, <laughs> right. Which is a, a, a country rock band. So l- let me just show you a teaser of what I want to, t- uh, a case I want to do that's very similar to this one. Uh, I, I hit my friend up. Luis, he's a photographer. I don't want to give away too many details, but um, he's a it law enforcement enthusiast. A camera, you know, not disclosing too much there. He's he's also an enthusiast, so like he takes the greatest pictures, and he had some video of stuff. But the the reason I ran across his stuff was because of this case that we had in Tampa, which I'm teasing for one of the next times. I don't know when we're going to do it exactly, but I was directly involved in this case. Um, hold on a second. Why is that? doing that oh no that's dead like that's from fine. multiple uh, uh, what, break there down. we go there we go versus to a dramatic and so that's you in the car that's rolling over to the red one yes that was me i was uh oh you missed a pedestrian hot damn no take just take it take note of this uh we'll mute the take note of this you'll see they bump him they try to pit him he wipes out into a median this is in tampa now um, and you'll see smoke come from both. You see it, the, the, the smoke just starts popping from the, um, from the vehicle and from the, uh, uh, from both vehicles. So th- there's a set of detectives that are following him, just like in this case that we did in Indianapolis. And there's a lone gunman in this uh, car who did a series of sexual batteries and series oh. of armed robberies before he fled in this vehicle. Uh, it was a very, very wild night. It was a very wild situation. Uh, and I, I know that there is better quality video of this, but I just kind of wanted to tease it for a minute. Like you'll see him driving down U.S. Highway 301. And uh, they end up of all, all places uh, uh, right wiped out in front of a Waffle House. So that's where that guy met his last moments. They have great um, service and, there. Yeah, and uh, and you know that's the hurricane test too. By the way, you know the hurricane series if the Waffle House is closed. Right. And um, so we, I want to cover this story in in, in great detail. Uh, we should. Show. I like that picture of the suspect. One thing that you just love for prison is you, there's a way to tell if he's guilty because there's a lot of guys who come in and they say, well, you know, I, I didn't do this. Or my favorite quote was, I'm only here because I knew a guy that tried to get himself murdered. But if they take their booking photo and their chins jut out like this, they did it because they're proud to be there. They get they, that's, <laughs> that's the moment they've been thinking about the entire time they're going through their sham of a court trial, <laughs> what they're going to look like in their booking photo, because that's their photo for the next 20 years. And they're like, I'm going to look like, they all do this. They jut their chin out. I almost I almost think it's like a weird sociological phenomenon that I should devote my life towards uh, figuring out. Uh, I wanted to mention some of the super chats. David J, who keeps this uh, podcast afloat. The show is brought to you by David J. Uh, if you want a podcast, please consult David J., uh, he's out there somewhere on the West Coast. And then also, that's love, act, manned, carry. Uh, always good in the chats. He says, keep fighting for $5. He, you know, less than David, but always reliable. Thank you, that's love. Not sure what's going on with you in life, but it's always good to see you here every week, buddy. Listen, I, I've decoded all of that. And uh, he, he has, I've decoded part of it, but not he all has of it. said It's mandatory carry. And I, I do believe the first part of his name is load vest. No, it's just, it's spelled backwards. So it's probably his last name spelled backwards. But uh, listen, uh, this was, uh, 
yet another brainchild of, of John. This was a great, great footage that he found. Uh, unfortunately, I wasn't able to put it together with the audio, which I wanted to bring to you, but we didn't have we enough time. We didn't have a week to work on it. <laughs> well, we did. We we had sufficient time had I not just emailed them yesterday. And had so, you not had the big show on Friday, which you're always super prepared for. I can't help but yeah, perhaps I'll what use are the you guys the doing tomorrow? I know it's going to be a banger of a show tomorrow. It's, <laughs> like, and it's for those of you banger. listening on Saturday, boy, what's the tactical <laughs> dude put it, put also five dollars on us. Why the hell not? Thank you, Guns tactical. Thank you, Tactical. You were pretty sarcastic to us tonight. Pretty hurtful. Uh, be thinking about you for the next couple hours until I fall asleep. But thank you for five dollars. That helps us wage those wounds. I appreciate you also being reliable in the chats and being here every week. Thank you, Tactical Dude. John, I will be thinking about you when I fall asleep. Uh, on behalf of the Failure to Stop family, the Monday show, of course, is uh, Uncuffed, which was stolen directly from me. But it's two comedians, a guy named Eric Tanzi and Jay Durrell White. Uh, they they bring uh, cop comedy to your uh, earlobes, and then Tuesday night is our favorite Andrea up late the the wonderful uh, true crime uh, who who often has great guest hosts that sing, and then uh, Wednesday nights of course or Wednesday afternoons is our man Josh Deadleg. Uh, who does a show with Eric called Last Call, so you don't have to sound like an asshole on the weekend. You get uh, news and current events. Thursday is the Com Center, which is what you're in, and you should call 848-COM-911. That's 848-266-6911. Nice. nice. And you should start using Com Center Confessional. You should start calling. Uh, I definitely would not go over 30 seconds because it's a, you got a better chance of uh, being picked up by the Com Center Confessional algorithm if you keep it under 30 seconds and you make it funny. But then Friday is the show of all shows, the show that started it all, the, the show that uh, has won all of the awards, the show that's get, garnering the most attention, the, the show that's just uh, I, I can't say enough you know, great things about it, but Drew, Eric and I do is, a show called a Failure show. Stop. Last week, you did a really good job. I really enjoyed your your all, all the political takes, too. It's nice to have uh, somebody with, and this is not a dig at Eric, but I like having that that extra deep insight to look kind of beyond the obvious, take that detective approach to what's going on in politics in our country. I really like it. I really like Failure Stop. Guys, I'm a Failure Stop fan. That's how I wound up here. That and I can draw. So I, I, wound up here. I have been a 911 podcast now. <laughs> yeah that's how i wound up here and then it's it's uh we we connected in the chats and i could see uh i could see great minds thinking alike uh, even you captain compson or micah yeah um all right so until next time we meet again please if you're a member on youtube go r run don't walk check out that john mattingly interview he is a humble uh brilliant human being uh so check that out uh also Check out the uh, it's on Patreon in, in audio form. Check out John's stuff where he gets sloshed and meets with his old FTO. And then uh, hopefully by Sunday, we're going to make the uh, the the seven day uh, trial free trial for Patreon. But we're also probably going to make the the video. Uh, we're going to debut the video with uh, John Mattingly publicly. So uh, nice. until that, this is me, Drew Breezy. That's John. Uh, difficult to look at pictures is his Instagram handle. I've got nothing else. John, do you have anything? Guns up. Giddy up. Good night, America. John.